the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Every year we get the State of the Union address where, in theory, the president talks about the economy, jobs, wars, peace, what have you. I like looking at the state of the Internet year over year and seeing how things have changed and what, what's popping up. What's got the attention? Who's taking the lead? Who's dropping the ball? Public company, uh, not public companies. How do I say? I want to talk about why it's important to pay attention to tech spending and tech overall. Public company research and development is R&D, research and development line, is a big line item in financials of corporations and how much they're spending and how much they're spending year over year. Six of the top 15 R&D companies in the United States are indeed tech companies. Amazon is spending the fastest growth. Google Alphabet throws a ton in. Intel, Apple, Microsoft, Facebook. And then you get companies like AT&T and Verizon who are kind of tech companies, pseudo tech companies. ExxonMobil, General Motors, not so much. You know, General Motors and Ford and uh you know they want to be involved in technology for sure of self-driving cars, and they're in a good position, all things considered, because of their dealers and their years of experience in manufacturing. I think they're not so good at is the technology, but they're working on it in theory. So we spend more faster on technology than we do on healthcare. Could we come up with the cure for cancer? Maybe. But we're certainly going to come up with, you know, faster internet speeds before that happens. In the United States, we look at tech companies as aggressive competition. And that's why they have to spend so much money on R&D and CapEx. And then you see a company like a Facebook, you know, kind of dominate social media. And they go out and buy um, WhatsApp and they go out and buy Instagram and they kind of, you know, see where growth is going and they, they just buy that that leader and then they throw their money behind it and you're like is that fair it's like google when they bought youtube for a couple billion and everyone's like that's crazy now they're like that's the biggest television network in the world by far so it's pretty aggressive it's pretty um cutthroat it's fairly transformative at times e-commerce is a percentage of retail sales back in 2007 it was just four and a half percent now it's almost 15%. So those big numbers that we were told years and years and years ago are true. But it's tough to be in the moment and go, I wonder if that's going to be true or not. E-commerce is getting all about growing into mobile, interactive, personalized, front door, um, pay seamlessly, lots of recommendations. You know, one of the greatest, uh, not one of the greatest, but one of the areas that I remember distinctly was you know amazon 
And when I started, you know, I don't know when or how, but you started reading the reviews at some point. Like maybe you'd get a desk and it would come and it'd be made out of cardboard. And you're like, God, why didn't someone tell me it was made out of cardboard? And you're like, you forgot to open the box. You open the box and it's made out of wood. But yeah, there are people there that'll tell you in reviews if it's good or bad in their opinion. And then you have to kind of trust those. You kind of have to hope that you live in a world where the cardboard desk company isn't posting reports of how great their cardboard desks truly are. So offline merchants are starting to set up point of sale systems that are more modern, like Square. But some of these software services that the retailers are coming up with are growing actively because not only will they say, you know, we'll gladly handle your transactions, your credit cards, but we'll also do some short-term loans for you, some analytics, some invoices, payroll, what have you. So even offline technology continues to still grow, even when it's tied towards retail. A lot of technology in the last couple of years has gone into online payment systems like Stripe and using their API integration into your platforms. A lot of integrated fraud prevention going on that you may or may not go, know about. I've seen a couple times when I went, go to buy something now that it offers me a loan. And I'm like, I didn't really look for a loan. But let's say you buy, you go to Pottery Barn and you go, I'd like um, a desk and it's $2,000. You can get you can set up a loan right there while you're buying it. Um, you're approved, it'll say, for three hundred dollars a month for blah 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 for blah 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 a period of time. So you're seeing more and more integration of customer support, which I find kind of annoying. Every time you log on to an app or every time you go to a web page now, there's that little pop up box of you're trying to buy said desk from Pottery Barn online and it goes, Do you want to talk to an associate? Do you want to talk to an associate? One of the things the internet hasn't done a great job of yet, but there are some services starting are kind of like white glove services where they'll even find you customers now. You're like, whoa, I've got product that I want to sell to people, but I don't have a good marketing arm, but you're starting to see that pick up. Delivery uh, services. This is the one that I remember back in 2000 and going, Wow. Because every year you hear about Amazon and how, you know, the Black Friday, more packages than ever before, more packages than ever before, even more packages now than ever before. Every year you hear about it, right? And they're, you know, how many are delivered per year? It's pretty insane when you look at it. Um, United States Post Office is pretty dominant. And then it's followed by UPS. Between the two of them, you've seen, you know, Pretty good growth year over year from, you know, 3.6 billion packages for United States Postal Service up to where they are now of over 5 billion. But then you see FedEx is, you know, a small part of the portion. But the overall delivery continues to climb as far as number of packages per year. So I I would say things are healthy, right? One of the areas I kind of want to circle back on because I got the time right now is that Amazon search product product reviews at one point in time google was dominant where if you wanted the best new tv you'd hit 2018 best new tvs and you'd see consumer reports you'd see all these reports pop up and you know google them or bing them 
And now you're just going straight to Amazon and saying best TVs or TVs, 40 inches, highest reviews. So Amazon's kind of creeping in the product placement area of advertising. It's all about product finding, whether it's a product search, whether it's one-click purchasing. Are you going to do it with voice search and fulfillment in the future? You got to watch out for sponsored products and uh, what have you. But a lot of fun stuff, in my opinion, on how to shop has been innovated. And again, that's a very, it's, it's, it's a high class problem. We're not solving big issues like cancer right now. So product finding on Instagram or Facebook is not, you know, revolutionary. The way we're ordering with AdWords in the, in the 1970s, uh, 1990s versus now ordering with voice, things have changed. Things have changed. Talking tech and more. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show. Twitter, Rob Black Show. YouTube, Rob Black Show. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm sitting here with good friend Tony Mendez, Bay Area Loan Source. He helped me get a place, a second home, a vacation home, a summer home. And we're talking about uh, movies. And the first movie he ever saw, and I, I, I told him the first movie I ever saw. And I went to YouTube to see how it held up. Oh, it looks awful. It was Mine was Blackula, which I snuck into a theater. I think I had a fascination with Dracula at the point in time. But it scared the pee out of me. Like, I was I was traumatized by it. And that may explain some stuff, but um, I don't think they can make a movie like Blackula anymore. So I, I, I don't think so. I, maybe they could. Maybe if it's the insiders have the joke, you know, like a Damon Wayans. I don't know. But uh, awful, awful film. If you go to YouTube and uh, type in Blackula, Pam Greer's in it. It was a phase in movie history where it was called Black... Black exploitation, black exploitation, where films basically all black cast would come out, um, and uh, that is what it is. Nineteen seventy two classic black. What was that all about? I don't know. I'm off topic. Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource dot com. Oh, we were talking about movies and uh, the subscription service called Movie Pass, and then we started talking about the first movies we've seen. Yep. So Movie Pass, I think, yep. is a pretty good deal if you go to the movies. If that's yep. your treat of the month. Same thing like a second home. If you use it, it's it can make uh, financial sense in a lot of cases. As long as you're not going to vacations in Hawaii and then you know Mexico and and then you use your vacation home every once in a while. Um, I think that that's the one thing about a vacation home or second home is it's kind of locked you into doing stuff at that place uh, to get you know your money's worth. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, like for instance, um, I want to give you know the use of the home to my friends and family. Well, okay. And well, the, you look at both extremes. So, my brother he has a vacation home in Myrtle Beach, and, but he wasn't able to just support it as a place where he could just use it as friends and family. He had to rent it out. So he does the whole VRBO. He blocks off the times that he, him, and his family go down there and use it, um, and maybe his friends and. Uh, and he gets good use out of it, but that's every time he goes on vacation. Hey, I'm at the beach. Yeah, I'm at the beach. 
where you at? I'm at the beach. He's always at the same place every time. So he gets to use it. I'm at the gentleman's uh, club at the beach. <laughs> at the beach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the, hey, um, I got to go I know down. Your, and, I know your brother. I, I got to go down and fix the hot tub. Um, then I get the phone call at, at midnight and where you at? Um, gentleman's club. <laughs> my, my, I'm in the gold room. I'm in the gold room. Like, I think we know where you are. So. Anyhow, um, so buying a second home, not the easiest thing to come up with, but we still have really good interest rates. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I got really good advice a couple of years ago. I was looking, and I wish I had done it a couple of years ago because things are cheaper. But I was talking to a real estate agent who didn't really get to know me well, but she said something that sparked me. And I, I remember it. She goes, I'm like, I'm a money guy. I do a radio show. I do a TV show. Like, I'm a money expert. Like, I am, like, uh, I was acting all cool. And she goes, Vacation homes are not meant to make money. They're meant to be enjoyed like a Picasso. You basically get to um, enjoy it for 10, 15 years and then sell it. And what's interesting about Truckee is, in Tahoe, is you get all the amenities of an HOA in Truckee. You don't in Tahoe. So you kind of have to choose very carefully. But the average home, the average lifespan, not lifespan, but the the average person sells a home in five to seven years. So you get it for a short period of your kid's life before they turn 16. And then you sell it when they turn 16 or you keep it as a family, you know, Thanksgiving family home. Yeah. Right. Right. You got to figure you're paying, paying off, you know, five to seven, maybe even 10 years of principal balance. And you may take that equity somewhere else. You might just say at that point, your kids go to college. Maybe you 1031 and didn't do a rental property at their, where they go to college. So they, can own a property there and manage it, rent it out to some of the other students and, you know, start learning some real life experience owning real estate. Yeah. And again, that's, that's another one. And see Wade, my real estate agent up there, who, if anyone wants to get in contact with him, contact Tony at bayarealandsource.com, bayarealandsource.com. Um, you stop and forget, like if you have kids going to like UC Davis, you can get their housing cover for four years, then maybe keep it as a rental to other college kids. And that's a tough one. It's a tough yeah. one. It is. Um, there, there's you a group don't of want, investors out there that yeah. just do college towns. Uh, college towns. Okay. Um, and there, for a while, there, there was a company here in the Bay Area that was, you know, the, the companies that are promoting, hey, don't buy. It's hard to find real estate investment here in the Bay okay. Area. Try to get out of the state. And there was a company that was doing that only in college towns. So I, I would run across two or three people a year that would own like four or five, six plexes in like Knoxville. Or you know some college town on the East Coast, and and then they're trying to get out of it because it was a bad deal, um, or there's just too much damage. And they wanted to move it to some somewhere closer where they could manage it. So be really careful about that kind of stuff. But um, there's there's some definitely strategies. I mean, you, you you go through those phases. You need your principal residence if you can do a second home, perfect. If not, you're doing a rental, and then eventually your your kids go to school and you buy a place for them to rent out there. Um, it's all about the math. You have to afford it. You have to take on the risk. And going back to our, our previous um, uh, segment, I said you have to get over that first hump of deciding to do it and putting all the ducks in a row and you know f- fixing your credits, looking at your budget. How involved are you going to be in that project? I mean, for you, I think you're fortunate where you don't have to rent it out in the first year for it to be affordable. But a lot of people can't, and they want to buy a vacation property and do that whole VRBO and block off the times that they use it. But they need that extra money to qualify. Some people don't even buy them as second homes. They buy them as rentals. And then they, on their tax returns, they, in reality, that is, they use it as a vacation property. And there's, you know, lenders are fine with that for the most case. 
So one of the things I liked about Wade, the real estate agent who kind of worked with me and you, uh, he, he worked with you and Chad previously, and then he worked with me on this one. Uh, one of the things that I liked was he did get to deny me, and like he's like, oh, no, 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 you can't, that driveway, it, it's slanted. Oh, no, you're going to go slide into the garage in the winter. I'm like, he knows me. Yeah. I'm the guy who's going to slide into the garage in the car through the garage door. Um, but that worked out pretty well, I think, all things um, being what they are. I think after a couple homes, you, you, I think your realtor should know you after the first two or three. Show you a couple bad ones, show you a couple good ones, and kind of feel you out. Sure. That's what Wade did. He was pretty good about it. But I think the, the hardest part was uh, figuring out if it was Tahoe or it was going to be Truckee. And I, I, I like Tahoe Donner. I think it's a fantastic community. They, it's been there forever, so the HOA dues are low. And it's got all the amenities. In the winter, it's a ski resort. In the summer, it's a golfing and um, right next to the airport. swimming. And right. there's an airport if you decide to do that kind of thing. And big city right down the road in Reno, Reno, Tahoe. You can find uh, Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. If you need a second opinion on getting qualified for a second home, or if you want to get a home in the Bay Area, that's fine, too. Um but get some skin in the game. Don't overbuy, but get some skin in the game. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Think of me as the great big grizzly bear of financial love. I know you're saying that doesn't even make sense. I was thinking today about how fortunate and how happy I am, all things considered, with where my life ended up, and I'm pretty pleased. Hasn't been perfect. It's had some unnecessary drama and some bad decisions. It had a dad who was an alcoholic who didn't always connect with the world due to his being an orphan and going through military in Vietnam. It was less than ideal. Um, But I did have everything I ever needed. Um, I had toys. I had clothes. I had food. I just didn't have a dad who was terribly cognizant of, of... that kids need time off and they need downtime and they need love and they need support. You don't have to be prepping your kid at age 13 to get ahead in life. You don't have to be prepping him, you know, every single minute, every single day. Uh, so I'm cognizant of that. And, you know, I'm very cognizant of, you know, what I do hopefully helps people get to retirement whether I'm helping the firefighter or whether I'm hoping, helping the single parent. So on occasion, I do want to talk about parenting and why some of us are doing this and what it may mean to you and what it may not. Um, I want to get you to retirement. When you see the average Social Security check is like $1,400 a month, it's not enough. And, you know, my goal is to get us to the point of, of like, having enough and, and taking our foot off the accelerator. So one area that I, I think I don't talk enough about, but I should, is marriage. 
and some of these life decisions that we make. Like I said, I had a good life, and I'm very grateful. So don't in any way, shape, or form think that I'm being negative, because I'm not. A couple things is I have had a divorce, and it's a crazy moment when you do that, because it's just like a crazy moment when you get married. A friend of mine just got married in Chicago over the weekend. Beautiful young woman and a beautiful young man. And, um, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. Take a look at some Facebook pictures. I'm like, I'm happy for them. But for decades, we've been told half of all marriages in a divorce. And even though the statement is no longer true since the rate of the U.S. Um, has been declining in divorce, what's causing all these breakups? And I can tell you one thing is it's finances. And it's a large part of it. I can tell you some people get married for the wrong financial reasons. Instead of finding someone you're compatible with, someone you love, someone you want to establish a friendship and a life with, someone you want to co-parent with, a lot of times people are like, I'm 35 and getting older. In my 30s, I had created a successful business and I had done pretty damn well at it, but I wasn't married and I didn't have kids. And I met a beautiful woman who also, not also, but she was an AA I wasn't in AA, but so she had that alcoholic background that my dad had. And early on, there was a couple moments where I was like, this isn't good. I, I, I like the highs were high and the lows were frustratingly stupid. And I, I don't deal with frustratingly stupid terribly well. So I was going to face a divorce even before I got married because I married the wrong person. And I, I knew there was fl- flags already. So, in the long run, she cheated on me because, not because, that's an unfair statement. She cheated on me and got caught. She left an email account open on a computer that was left powered up on a screen that had some pretty damning evidence if you just walked right by it. And then that triggered in me trust issues. Because as a kid, when you have an alcoholic dad, you just don't trust his emotions and you don't trust yourself to not mess up. So my advice to you when it comes to marriage is financial advice is choose your partner carefully. I had half a business that she was entitled to, well, depending on how long you're married, half of. And in California, if you're married for 10 years, you owe a person alimony for life. Potentially. I wasn't married 10 years. I wasn't married eight years. I wasn't married six years. I wasn't married four years. I wasn't married two years. I was married one year. And when you go through that and you're like, did she just really hit on a guy her dad's age? Or did a guy her dad? Yeah, that happened. And suddenly you start like doubting yourself and you start going crazy. And crazy is not good when dealing with finances. My best advice is when you do divorce, at some moment of clarity, of separation, or that whole process, you know, you get separated for six months in the state of California for a reason. So it gives you time to get some clarity on on your life, on your partner's life, and on your children's life. So the first thing I want to do if if you're going to be getting a divorce or separation is, is consider both parties. You once loved this person. And... You know, you don't want to put them in a situation where they have nothing or they 
walk away with less than they came in with, or they walk away with too much more than they came in with, because then emotions are going to start getting crazy at all parties. One piece of advice is don't heed unsolicited advice. You're going to have coworkers who come up to you. You're going to have ex-girlfriends or friends or buddies or pals, wine drinking buddies that are going to give you advice, like take him to the court, take him to the cleaners. I just knew that about him. You deserve this. You gave him the best year of your life. You're going to get bad advice from your friends. Don't take it. Stop telling everyone your business when you're going through a separation or a divorce. This is a moment of reflection. It is not a moment of sharing. Stop babbling to everyone about how awful your life is or telling the grocery clerk too much information, financial or otherwise. Try to leave the advice to professionals. A good lawyer or a good mediator, which is what I would recommend, um, Paula Lahan, for instance, in San Francisco, a good mediator is going to be easily 20% the cost of a good attorney. And in California, you can't win a divorce. You don't win. Like, it doesn't happen that way. There's no point in winning. It's you are separated. You're, uh, you don't win. And part of you wants to win. You want to be the one who was right. You want to be the one who had that childhood dream of, of marriage that was ruined by the other person, not you. So this is a good time to let professionals be professionals, the mediators or the attorneys. This is a good time during the separation to start focusing on things like child visitations and managing joint debts and finances to come up. If you have a house right now, that's a joint debt very likely. When you separate, it's either going to need to be sold or that debt's going to have to be taken over by one person. That's a big one. One thing you want to do when you start the whole separation process is start closing joint accounts, but do it in front of the other person with their knowledge. You say something along the lines of, hey, Cindy, or hey, Matt, or hey, John, I need to close this checking account so that we don't get into a situation where one of us goes to Vegas and blows all of our money. Because we've been married for a long time, and it's been a long time since you've been in Vegas. And what happens in Vegas, well, it gets kind of crazy, right? So when you go through that separation, you want to start financially focusing on, you know, making sure you don't hurt each other. But at the same time, when you start opening separate checking accounts, you got to come up with some deals. Like, where does the paycheck go to? Do I get half? Do you get half? But if you're going to be taking care of the kids, do you get 70%? I get 30%. You don't know. You want to keep track of your income and expenses. You want to create a budget if you've never done it before. Update your records, your utility bills, your health insurance, your property titles, your tax records, your 401k, your 403b, your 457. Your spouse is no longer the person who's going to get your money if you die. Get your own health care insurance in case one walks away with it. They could drop you. Don't worry about changing your name. You'll figure that out. Get savvy with your money and start with a budget and start with some plans. Take it one day at a time. Divorce is something that will make you crazy. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Having a bit of a tough day. One of the things I want to talk about as I'm kind of wrapping things up or today's topic is ugly ducklings 
usually grow up to be even uglier ducks. The idea that an ugly duck grows up to be a beautiful swan, it's a fairy tale, and they don't really exist. So one of the mistakes I think people make as investors is they go, I want to own the stock that's cheap. I want to own the stock that's fallen apart. And it's probably too late because, in my opinion, stocks are discounting mechanisms, and they're telling you that the bad news is six months away. If you take a look at the company that owns MoviePass or does MoviePass, they're desperate. They're running out of cash bad because it's such a good product. But the movie industry doesn't want to change. They're fighting them and, and making it tough to do business. See as many movies as you can in a month for 10 bucks. When a movie now costs 14 to 15 bucks. And for the record, 4D, please go away. 4D is the movie experience where a chair moves and it, it warns you, don't eat or drink popcorn during intense scenes. And I'm like, wait, wait, the whole idea is to eat and drink popcorn, right? And then it sprays water on you and King Kong like jumps in the ocean. No, 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 no. I don't. That just looks like a, a, a flu, an infestation waiting to happen. So ugly duckling investments usually grow up to be even uglier ducks. Stop thinking that I'm going to buy a movie pass because it's 14 cents and it's going to go to $140. I'm not telling you don't try. I'm just telling you lower your expectations. You pick your nose, but don't pick stocks. Use Forbes 100 Wealthiest People every year. Take a look at it. Now it's it's some of the wealthiest people are like YouTubers. Things change. But typically on the list, you'll see things like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. You don't tend to find any day trading academy people. And if day trading academies were so easy to teach you how to trade, we've got a proprietary system that does red light, green light, yellow light, and blue light. Wait, wait, what's blue light? Well, that's special. Do I buy or sell it? Well, it's special. And like, if you think anyone has software that tells you when to buy and sell, you are inane. But there's a fool born every minute, right? Market timing is overall a scam. I got to be careful using the word scam. Show me one market timer who's worth a million dollars, but who did it like turning 100,000 into a million. Yeah, I've given you an example of like a, Shark Tank, Mark Cuban, who you know sold his company to Yahoo and then he shorted the company. Was that perfect timing? Yeah. Can it happen? Sure. But not very often. So if you ever hear of anything that promises with a $99 class, this class is typically $599, but right now you can get two for one for $99. You're kidding me. If you ever hear about a company that can double your money every three to six months, Keep in mind, 10K doubled every four months is $5.3 trillion in 10 years. We can solve the world budget. If these day traders and these academies existed, who could show us the way? Everyone on CNBC should not be trusted because they don't work for you. Can you use it for informational purposes? Yes. But if you think they're actually helping you, they're not. The guests can have the greatest, single greatest idea. And you're like, wow, that's their single greatest idea. And in a month, it could be a different single greatest idea, and you wouldn't know. Or in 30, 15 days, they could go, I no longer like that single greatest idea. I have a new one. You really want to avoid God syndrome in my industry. That's when you think you're right. That's when you think you know. I know someone who's been listening to this show for over 20 years. Back when I was on the East Coast, he sent me an email the other day. He's like, hey, I've been to a lot of your seminars. I'm like, why have you never become a client of, of, of New Focus? 
And he's like, oh, I always thought I could do it on my own. I'm like, so you've been listening for 20 years and coming to seminars where rightfully and, and knowingly you're thinking there's good information there. But yeah, so he, he wants to be in control. He, he thinks he knows better. I'd be cautious. If a company ever says they got accounting irregularities, sell that stock. Don't fight the markets. I just invest in the markets. It's kind of like inner tubing for me. It's amazing how you can float down the Truckee River with a cooler of beer for four or five hours and not have to stop and pee. I don't understand how people do that. I think it's a miracle. I don't fight it. Sometimes the inner tube goes towards the rapids. Sometimes it goes towards the land. I think it's a good ride. Wow, 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 wow. Now, Maisie the Wonder Dog would be mad at me if I said this, but don't buy a dog with fleas. In the world of investing, try not to get a company that's too messed up. And that's tough to say because, like, right now I own some shares of Qualcomm because they have a fight with Apple. And it seems like they would be, that's a dog with fleas. You don't want to fight Apple. But at the same time, you don't get sales on stock unless you're willing to take a little bit more risk. So it's a lot about not being right. It's a lot about compromising some risk for some reward. A lot going on there. Maisie the Wonder Dog, we love you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.